So we are back once again here, um, Nick and David. Uh, so I'm, I got a story, and I'm going to tell it after I tell you what I'm drinking. Tonight I have Reds, and right now I'm enjoying a strawberry Reds hard apple ale. Nick, what you got? Oh, man. So tonight's episode is really exciting for me. We're going to be talking about, right, taking, taking big wealth and, and spreading it out. So uh, I, I took some big wealth and I'm spreading it to some Bud Light Platinums, my man. I went a little high class for this episode. Very, very excited. Uh, Bud Light Platinum is something I drink once, uh, once every six months type of a thing. I really enjoy it, but not as much as I like paying it, you know? So <laughs> Anheuser-Busch again, right? You guys are my boys. Make it happen. Uh, I'd like to see uh, I'd like to see the sponsor come out of this bad boy. Miller Coors, I'm I'm happy to take a sponsorship from you as well. So I did a financial consult on Saturday, Nick, for a friend of Dawn's. Her name's Vanessa. She's great. Um, she watched a couple of our talks and she started recommending it to people because what she really liked is these are just normal guys. They're down to earth. I mean, they sit there and drink beer while they're talking about this stuff and they're excited and they're just very relatable because, you know, they're, they, they dress like normal people. They drink normal beer and have a lot of fun. Yeah. See. So I was sure. pretty excited about that. I'm glad Don reminded me to bring that up. So shout out to Vanessa. Thank you for enjoying. Our Let's say cheers, cheers to her. Um, yeah, you know, that's, uh, that's why we started it. And, uh, you know, I remember having that conversation with, uh, with somebody in your household. Why do you guys do it? Well, because we want to be those people. That's who we are. Yeah. We don't want to, we're not going to, we're not going to fake it. Right. <laughs> we, we started this to, to have a passion project, man. <clears throat> so we're going to talk about, like Nick said, spreading out the wealth, but we're really going to focus on a, a guy named Dan Price, who is the CEO of a company called Gravity Payments out of Seattle, Washington. Uh, they also have some offices in Boise, Idaho. Uh, Nick told me that Dan is originally from Lansing, Michigan. So, you know, it's got the Michigan tie-in. Um, he grew up out West. And five years ago, he did something that was absolutely insane. He was making a million dollars a year running his company and he, he had some conversations. He had a conversation with a good friend who was complaining about their salary, that they felt underpaid and undervalued. And then there was somebody at his company that basically said, you know, you don't pay me enough to do this. And he sat down and he started looking at things and he realized that $35,000, $40,000 a year just isn't enough for people to live on. So he did something unprecedented. He cut his salary from a million a year down to 70000 a year. And the minimum starting wage at his company is $70,000 a year for every worker that gets hired in. And uh, Nick did some research, saw that, you know, you're hitting your performance goals. You get a $10,000 raise every year. Yeah, until, until you get to that, right? So the people that were hired in, um, from my understanding, right, the people that were hired in, uh, let's say they were making, I mean, because the, the girl that he talked to, I mean, she was making 15 18 an hour. He said it was competitive wages. Um all right, so on average, she was making 30, 30 something, let's say. And so when he started that, you know, he starts people at that lower, and then he gives them a ten thousand dollar raise every year until they reach that seventy thousand dollar mark, right? So it's a big incentive to stay, um, right? And I mean, the heat on this guy is is crazy, right? Everybody. David and I are nobodies compared to some financial gurus out there and geniuses, and 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 you know. Honestly, these people are like, oh, this guy's going to fail. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't know anything. Um, right. The guy, the guy lives in like a $1.5 million house out, out there. Um, his second home is worth something crazy. Right. But from my understanding, you know, he, he's not making those big payments on it because he's financially smart. I mean, so, you know, I, he, yeah, he went from like one, $1.1 million a year divided that between people and uh and you know now now that's what everybody in his company is making um so dan price is you know the company itself right so the basics behind it is he he he's seen that every time people were putting their chip into the card reader it was costing him a bunch of money i mean david you deal with that in your company right yep. Co cost money um 
you know, it's so hard to find places that just accept cash nowadays and now with the coin shortage and stuff, but, um, you know, so, but, but every time, every time, let's say, let's say you go somewhere and you pay $10, right? That, that store doesn't make $10. I mean, you know, they're, they're getting a percent off of it. So, you know, they're getting $9 and 30 cents off of that. And a company that's allowing them to get the money is making 70 cents. So what he did was create and develop a software that says, Hey, this is going to be less money for you, you know? So he's charging, he's charging a quarter, you know, um, every transaction or whatever, you know, so he's, he undercut people and, um, you know, they're, they're making great business. So. Well, I'm going to jump back and forth a lot here between, you know, looking at you guys and, and reading some different sources I found online. And, and one thing I, I really want to hit on is his pinned post on Twitter. So, and I'm going to read it verbatim. When he started a $70,000 minimum wage for his company in 2015, Rush Limbaugh said, I hope this company is a case study in MBA programs on how socialism does not work because it's going to fail. Since then, our company tripled and we're a successful case study at, business, at Harvard Business School. Since my company started this $70,000 minimum wage, our business tripled, staff who owns homes grew 10 times, 401k contributions doubled, 70% of employees paid off debt, staff having kids soared 10 times, turnover dropped in half, 76% of the staff were engaged at work, which is two times the national average. So talking about those numbers, I, I can tell you right now when, and I think this goes really for anybody out there, when you feel valued at your company or by your boss, it does make you work harder for those people. I, you know, I've had upwards of 35 bosses at my present position. And I'll tell you right now, the good ones I've had, I work way harder for than the bad ones I've had. You know, they, they don't necessarily need to reward me financially. They just need to make me feel valued or that my opinion is valued or that my hard work is valued. And I'll go that extra mile without any of that compensation. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it, it's a, it's an old saying that says everything, right? So you, nobody leaves, nobody leaves a good job. They leave a bad manager, right? I mean, that's just what it is. Um, you know, and, and so uh, I want to, I want to, I want to break down exactly a couple of those things that he said, right? Um, David, you and I talk so much about 401k. Um, you know, I'm jobless, so I don't really have a 401k right now, but, um, you know, this con the contribution, right? So to, he said, he said 50% more people are contributing, right? So 50% more are, are saving for that retirement. Um, not only that, that they're 50% the more are their actual contribution doubled. So if they were putting in five, now they're putting in 10. Yeah. Which is huge. Um, all right. So in any business, any business, right? Real estate, David's, David's business, any business, McDonald's. I don't, I don't care what this is. Okay. One of your biggest costs guaranteed. One of your biggest costs is turnover, right? Yep. Turnover is key. If you have to take, you know, it, there, I, we don't have the, the figures, but we can, we can look them up. Right. But the cost that it takes to train somebody is so much more than keeping a person there, right? Um, so we have to train somebody new. Me, when I have tenant turnovers, right? The cost of getting a new tenant, that downtime, having to flip a unit, having to do all, that cost is huge. You know, when David has to train somebody, right? It means he has to be there along with that person for who knows how long until they officially get to understand. And, and that, you know, so that's double the cost at that point, right? And your hope is to grow, but Honestly, turnover in anything. So to cut that in, what, what do you say? Turnover was less than half? Turnover dropped in half. Turnover dropped in half. Like that makes him so much money right there. Just insane. Um, you know, when, when, you guys are, when you guys are looking into businesses and growing, you'll understand it. We, we all go through those heartaches. I mean, right, there's times where, there's, you know, when – like McDonald's, right? They get so frustrated. I, I worked at McDonald's for like three weeks. I'll be honest about that. Um, you know, bad management and, and I left, but 
So, right, they take all that time to train me and have hands-on and, you know, two people to do one job, and then I just turn and leave, and this happens all the time, right? So until somebody – until one sticks. So, um, you know, I, I think that's – I think that's a huge thing. We – I don't know statistics throughout the rest of the rest of the world. I don't know, honestly, from uh, whether, whether – um, you know, having, having a family or, you know, extending your family is, is a key factor in this one. He just knows that this is what happened to his staff. And I think that's great, right? If, if even it touched one person in this world to be able to have, have that financial security to have a kid, I think, I think he's won in the victory of self to me at that point, right? Well, and, you know, looking at this from either a, a business owner standpoint or, I guess that's really the only way I'm going to look at it. I'm either going to look at it as my employees or as my customers. It costs so much less money to keep an employee or to keep a customer than it does to get a new employee or generate a new customer. If you can keep your customers happy, they keep coming back. That doesn't cost you any more money to get them. They, they already like you. They already like your business. They're happy to come and spend their money with whatever you're doing. Uh, same with an employee, they, you know, they're happy to keep coming to work and doing a, a good, honest, hard day's work. That Those are invaluable things. You want to keep and cultivate those people. And unfortunately, a lot of businesses nowadays, they, they just don't see that as, as an added investment. I know that Nick and I have had this conversation about Dawn's business, you know, that she started. And Dawn and I both are really dead set on, you know, we want to pay people a, a good wage because, I want them, if I'm not there, to treat this the same way I do. Okay, now, I don't benefit monetarily off of this business personally because I'm not taking a salary, but my wife is taking a salary, so that, that's how it benefits us. So if I can go there and work for free, fantastic. It's somebody else we don't have to pay, but when something comes up, if we're really busy or if I decide, you know what, I, I'd rather stay home and watch this you know, football game, because that's important that day, or I'd rather go do this charity event, you know, somebody else has to step in there, and I want them to be as passionate about what they're doing as, as what we are, so I, I know that if I give them a certain amount of money and a certain amount of respect, they're going to treat this the same way I do, and, and that's really, I think, what Dan decided to do. He looked at some of these employees, and they were pissed off, and they didn't like coming to work, because they weren't making enough money to make ends meet. So instead he said, you know what? I'm gonna put my money where my mouth is. I'm gonna stop being a, a bad boss, which, you know, maybe he wasn't that bad of a boss, but he obviously wasn't attentive enough to know that his employees were upset. And he started paying them and showing them that, hey, listen, I really do value you. I, I care about you. I want you to be successful. And this is what I'm willing to do to make you successful. And and that cuts down turnover that, you know, increases their ability to live a good life, which increases their ability to want to work. And, you know, that that's something I really want to touch on here. So obviously we, we just had COVID and, you know, it's still here, but people went through, you know, how, how do we get through COVID and, and what's going to happen? So I think this is a great case study in, in what happens when you believe in your employees. So Gravity's employees, they've never laid off an employee in the entire time this company's been around. Their employees, so they didn't have to lay off anybody, took voluntary pay cuts, anywhere from 5% to 100%. And some of these people just worked for free. Now, I know he went and you know made that right by them once revenue started coming back in, but imagine going to work every day for a month or two and not making any money. I, I, I don't think I've ever been in a position where I liked my boss or my job enough to say, yeah, I'll work for two months for free. Have you, Nick? Uh, I mean, it's a softball and that's about it, but. <laughs> and he paid horrible. <laughs> this ain't he paid, you know, he didn't pay crap. Uh, but no, you know, I, it's a, I don't think there's, I don't think I'm ever, I don't think I've ever been in a spot where I've valued my, my boss over my time. Right. I mean, I think that, I think that's a, a huge thing, right. It just shows everyone, everyone took between five and a hundred percent. Right. I mean, if I, even at 5%, right. These people voluntarily took it. He didn't force it. 
they all said, hey, we want to we wanna all succeed. They all became together as a team. Um, right? That was one thing I wanted to hit on as, you know, do I, you know, I'm excited to see where this is going to go in the future and if it, if it holds up and, and how well it does and what his paycheck becomes later. Um, you know, but one thing I think that this guy is great at is it proves that he's great at building a team around him. He's good at reading who people are, what they need. You know, um, you know, I, I, I went to an interview and, and I got denied for the job. And the lady looked at me and she's a small business, has like 23 employees. And she's like, Hey, I think you have too big of aspirations. I don't think I can give you what you want to make you happy as an employee. I don't think that, you know, she goes, I think you'll do the job and you'll be fine at it, but I don't think you'll ever be content and happy here. And I was like, that was like the truest words I've ever heard. Right. And like, she was so honest and it's good that I came off that way. And it's great that she gave me that feedback because, you know, you come to this guy and it's like, Hey, you know what, here, here's what I have to give. And, and people are taking that and going, I love what you have to give. I, I, they feel appreciated. Right. And so, you know, they feel accomplished in what they're doing. So I think that's huge. Um, I know, I know there was a couple more tweets that you were going to read um, about call, calling out other businesses. Right. I mean, so we talked, uh, what was the, uh, what was the guy's name? Rush Limbaugh. Right. Which I mean, oh. I, I don't care how you stand um, politically, right? But this guy is national radio and things like that. Big, big head honcho. Um, so, right, Rush Limbaugh came out. And then, so this guy, this guy decided, all right, you know what? I'm going to call out a couple companies. And uh, I, I know he's got a couple tweets out there. Yeah, I'm, I'm running down the thing here. So, no, you're, I say, I, I know, se- September 6th, he started talking about a couple different companies. So one of them was AT&T. And he writes, two years leading up to the pandemic, AT&T cut 29,000 jobs. In May, they gave a departing CEO a $64 million pension, which is $274,000 per month for life. After he got 30 million a year working. In June, they turned around and laid off 4,700 workers. In August, they laid off another 600. So if you're an AT&T employee, how willing are you to go the extra mile for that company after, you know, something like that? I mean, they just proved to you the CEO is worth way more than any employee. And in all honesty, is AT&T really that healthy that they could afford to pay $274 or $1,000 a month for the rest of this guy's life? Well, that's, you know, and, and nobody else got a single debt, right? They got to go on unemployment that'll last 26 weeks. Yep. I mean, that's, that's what they got, right? Uh, in Michigan, what, three, 362, right? 362 for half of a year if they want to, you know, do nothing. And they're, they're probably, you know, not making as much as they were back when they were working there. Um, well, you know they're not because unemployment only pays a certain amount. I, I know, I think here it tops off at 362 a week. Yep. Well, that's, you know, and so, you know, I, I don't even know if they were making that much for AT&T. Um, right. You know, on the real estate side, I know, I know Dan Price didn't call him out, but I will. Cause I, um, I used to somewhat, I, I used to, I used to like this guy and, and, and I follow him and stuff like that, but his name is Grant Cardone, right? Uncle G. And man, this guy, you know, he's, he's all about hustle and he's all about dream and passion. And he's all about get that, you know, grind and, and think bigger. And I'm like, man, you know, and so it did, it helped me think bigger, you know, cause I, I talked to so many people who I'm like, Hey, I'm, you know, I want to own a hundred units and everybody just laughs. Right. And they just laugh in your face because 99% of people don't understand it. And his big thing is, is like, think 10 times bigger than what you wanted. Right. So if you want to 10, think, think a hundred, because if you, if you think 10 and you fall short, you're at seven, right? Now, if you think a hundred, and you fall short, the big chances are you're going to be at 70, right? Which is farther ahead than what you originally had thought if you thought small. Um, but right when the pandemic hit, right, Grant Cardone laid off 90% of his call center staff, right? Now, supposedly, I mean, I've seen everywhere, I've seen everywhere from $350 million to supposable billion. 
Uh, he's not on the billionaire list, so I, I can't I can't confirm that's a thing, um, right? But his his net worth is somewhere in between there. So now, right? You you tell me how you know, he, and, and just he he sent out an email. It wasn't even anything personal. He just said, "Hey, look, termination here it is." And and if you have any questions, call my lawyers, right? Like that's all it was. It was no you know just zero zero respect for his people. So you know the people he's he's doing around, you know, and and so. I know for a fact that I won't be giving any business to him. Um, he's a syndicator, um, right? So collects a bunch of people's money into a pool and buys, you know, a 300 unit apartment complex, right? So, um, but, you know, so nine, 90% and, and he's over here still making millions, you know? I mean, it's, you know, not, not a single care, um, right? I know, I know certain things about him where he doesn't own a house because, you know, he just rents all over the place, all over the world or whatever he wants and stuff like that. And does all these big things. Yeah. He stays a really fan, but you know, when you, when you look at it, yeah, he's got a private jet and he has to pay for that, but you know, he's not, you know, for, for having so much of a net worth, why does he need to take this big salary at this, at this time? I mean, we look at, we look at, you know, NBA stars, uh, MLB, all, all these pro sports people, they were, you know, they were like, Hey, we'll just give it back. Um, I know, uh, Oh, uh, uh, who's the Mark Cuban, right? Mark Cuban told everybody, he goes, Hey, I'm going to pay your salary for this time. This is when they got the PPP. He goes, if you go out and buy anything, right. That's to support anything. He goes, send me the receipt. I will give you the money back. Right. He, so he was writing checks for all his stuff to support these people. And you have guys like this who are like, Nope, good luck with your life. Right. Like just cut and dry. Um, the company I worked for, right. Uh, we had, we had nearly 6,000 employees. Uh, last number I heard was 980 people were let go. So 20% of, of the people. Now, most of them were salary. And so they got, you know, they got their, their buyouts and forced retirement for some people. And you know, your higher ups where, you got me who, who got the pay cut, got, you know, terminated, technically, you know, technically terminated, got $0 out of that. I got nothing, right? I, I gave them nine years, great employee and got nothing while I sit here and watch, you know, my boss, his boss and his boss all get pension packages, you know, packages. Um, I, I don't care if they did more work, less work than me, whatever it is. That, that's not the point. But like, I wasn't valued in any way of respect of any level. Right. And it's, it's, we talked about the hierarchy thing. Right. And it's just, when you, when you're giving your CEO millions of dollars and you're screwing everybody on the bottom, man, take a look at your life real quick. You know what I mean? You know, Hertz is another great example. So he tweets out about them on August 29th, April 20th, they laid off 14,000 workers, thousand which was 65% of their employees. May 19th, they gave executives a $16.2 million in bonuses. Three days later, they went bankrupt. Yep. On August 28th, they turned around and gave executives another $14.6 million. They're still bankrupt, and they didn't rehire anybody. So how valued do you feel, A, if you're one of those laid off employees or B, if you're still working with the company, how valued are you if you're a Hertz employee at this point, you're not an executive that got millions. Yep. Oh, so, you know, I mean, I, and, and, and it doesn't have to be millions, right? We're not telling you people that everybody needs to have millions, but it goes to the point of like, man, you know, uh, uh, I know around Christmas time, I was excited because we got a bonus and they gave it to us early Thanksgiving. They gave us, I mean, I got stupidly excited because they give us gas – I call them gas cards. They give us gift cards to Meyer or Family Fair. And I, I would just get so excited because i just go put it in my gas tank. I'm like, that's a whole week I didn't pay for that gas, you know. Um, and it's, it's not always, you know, pizza parties, right? I mean, those things make the smaller employees happy showing that. Like, that's why I know David and I, you know, we – yes, we don't pay our employees thousands of dollars an hour. We're, we're not – what, what is this? This guy's paying what? $33 and 60 cents or so yep. roughly. Um, yeah. You know, we're not making that money, so we're not paying it. Um, but you know, we, we, we definitely buy food. 
we, we, we grill out, we invite people to do things. I mean, right. We still give back our time, you know, we give back what we can and it doesn't have to be in a, in a nominal way all the time. So, um, you know, I, I think it's huge, you know, what Dan, what Dan is doing with his people, um, just the, the, the powers that these people are speaking when they're going to work, when they're going to work for any money less than what they were promised. Right. I mean, I think that's, that, that speaks words, man. Well, you know, we've done some pandemic episodes and we've talked, you know, about are you better off or you're worse off. And, you, you know, you look at the, the statistics and wealthy people are much better off since the pandemic began than they were before. So here are some numbers. Jeff Bezos, as of the beginning of this month, was worth $94 billion more than he was when the pandemic started. Elon Musk, $80 billion more. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg, $59 billion more. The the Cokes, $38 billion more. The Waltons, 33 Steve Ballmer, who owns the Clippers, $30 billion. Uh, Bill Gates, 29 The Jobs family, 19 Warren Buffett, $16 billion. Phil Knight, who owns Nike, $12 billion. I, You know, at the end of the day, if you're an employee for any of these companies, do you have more money now than you did before? Because most of these companies, the answer is no, they didn't. And, you know, for Dan specifically, since March, he took $0 in pay because he wants to make sure he's not laying off anyone. Yeah. So that's March, April, May, June, July, August. That's six months right now. He has not taken money, which, yeah, he has money because he used to make a million dollars a year. But how would you feel about not making money for six months? I'll tell you right now. I know what it's like because the six months after Dawn opened her business, she didn't take money. And we were freaking out because at some point you have to have money to live on. Everybody kept telling us, if you're not putting 100% of yourself into the business, then the business isn't going to grow. And I kept looking at Dawn going, that's great. I understand that. I have to pay bills. And I can't pay bills with fake money. I, they're not going to take Monopoly money. I have to have cash. You know, we have to still make money. So for those first six months, I worked a lot of hours at break room therapy. I worked a lot of hours at my regular job because that allowed her to go out and, you know, do shift or whatever and make some extra money. And then, you know, finally we got to the point where we felt we were safe enough to start taking money. Well, you know, and let's say, you know, I, one thing I respect is the fact that, right. I come from a different standpoint as, as most people, you know, I mean, even though as a business owner, right. Like I've, I, I've always felt, I've always felt I've earned my money. Right. And, and so to me, for me being in America to stop somebody and tell them how much they can make, I, I don't agree with. Right. But this guy is taken and said, all right, Hey, this is how much I need to make. He has a hand, he has a handle on his finances, right? Stand up guy and says, Hey, everybody needs to be able to live comfortable. He does you know, he's not giving them again. He's not giving them the million dollars a year like he was making. Not everybody's living that aspect, but you know, um, everybody's living comfortable and, and you know, you can tell this guy understands his finances, right? I mean, he's gone six months without a paycheck. Um, the business isn't that old, you know, so he was only making a million dollars for, you know, a few years type thing. And so, yeah, he, which means he had to be investing and he's probably getting money off of his dividends and he's getting, you know, so financially he's just a smart guy, right? It's not like he's living off of Walton money. You know what I mean? It, a million bucks is not that much people, right? I mean, you can, it, it seems like a lot, but man, you know what? I mean, through, through a lifetime, you can guarantee to have that in a, an investment account, no matter how much money you make. If, if you, right. If you're, if you're willing to sacrifice that money right now, you know, um, you know, the younger you are, the easier it is. So, you know, because Nick and I love money. So, you know, here's, here's money and here's numbers because we love it. Uh, during the pandemic, workers lost a total of $250 billion in wages, which was mostly low wage workers while billionaires gained $970 billion. How, as a person, and I'm just going to call everybody out, how as a person can you sit there and say, well, you know, somebody's working for me, but I really don't care if they have enough food on the table. I don't care if they have a house, you know, to live in. 
you know, I, I made more money, so screw everybody else. I, I can't, I, I can't think that way. Nick, can you? I no, I can't, and I don't. Right? Um, we were, we were talking about that. Uh, some friends and I uh, for real estate, and it was, you know, it, as a landlord, right? My my goal is to everybody that I am a landlord for, I want them to succeed, right? So we have this conversation of, hey, yes, do I want rent? Yes. Okay. And they're like, Hey, we can't pay rent. My instant thing is right. Hey, let's pay rent because you, you know, and they're like, Hey, if, if I pay you rent, I can't feed my family. Tell you what, you know what, let's put the roof over your head. I'll make sure your family has food. I can ship food to you. Right. I can get on the shipped app. I can get on whatever. I can make sure that you have food. I, I can call in these types of things. I can make sure that, you know, you're, you're, you're let's say a thousand dollars that you're paying me. Yeah, it's going to pay for your $100 in groceries or your $50 light bill or whatever. Like I can cover that small bills and we can add that up, you know, throughout, throughout time where this $1,000, you know, needs to, needs to be paid to make sure that you have that guarantee spot to stay. I mean, um, right. So I'm, right. I'm that guy who's going to go there and be like, Hey, here's food for the family. Yeah. I mean, might not, you know, it's not going to be filet mignons, but man, you're going to eat, you know, I mean, say we, we talked about that in a different episode, like right now is not the time that we're eating big things, but um, I mean, I, I have my old can, right. I, Bud Light for a dollar 50 and I splurged tonight for three bucks for a couple cans of uh, Bud Light platinum, right? Yeah, you can do that, but have your, have your essentials paid for. And, and that's the biggest thing. So no, I, I, I that's, we talk about all the time, right? It's one thing each of us respect about each other is we, we care, we care so much for everybody else. And we always want to see everyone around us succeed. Well, and you know, when you, you talk about even eating and stuff, so we, we start up the Zoom about 15 minutes, 20 minutes before, you know, we hit record. And Nick, when we started the Zoom, what was I doing? <laughs> David, David's sitting there eating. I'm like, man, what is that? <laughs> so David goes, it's a hot dog. I said, man. I had hot dogs yesterday and the day before that. He goes, oh, I had hot dogs yesterday and today. <laughs> so, right? I mean, granted, we're not the healthiest people. We've admitted that. But, you know, his, you know, our, our meals are a dollar, right? Not, I mean, not even. I think we did the breakdown. Uh, it's what, like 26 cents or something for yeah. a, a bun and a hot dog. So, that's with condiments. And we want to splurge, so – Saturday or Sunday, I, I don't remember which day it was. We came home. It was it was a busy weekend of break room therapy. We came home and Don's like, "What do you want for dinner?" I'm like, "You know, I could really go for a D-bone. They're on sale at Family Fair. Can you get one?" And she probably spent eleven dollars on a steak. But man, that was a good ass steak, and I was happy to have it. And you know, I eat T-bones maybe three, four times a year. Yeah. Otherwise, I'll get a cheaper cut of steak. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, you know, so, you know, I think, you know, granted, one thing, one thing, you know, we do need to talk about is, is uh, Dan Price's business is in Seattle, Washington, and his other one's in Boise, Idaho. Boise, they don't have the, they don't have the minimum wage thing, but Seattle, right, $15 is your minimum wage. Um and yeah, you can see the studies of what's happening, right? All those businesses are kind of closing because people are, are shopping outside of that um, that zone where they have to pay the the minimum. Um, so right, he's he's basically doubled the minimum wage. I mean, thirty you know thirty bucks an hour. Um, and to say we're gonna you know we're gonna talk about minimum wage on a different episode. Um, but you know what he did was. He, he took that, he took that minimum and he, he brought it up to, uh, okay, I know that minimum is still going to get you that minimum thing. If I give you a little bit more, you'll, you'll be able to have just those extras. Right. Um, I, I think that's, uh, it, it allows you to eat the steak four times a year, the, the, the nice one, you know, or twice a year going out and have somebody prepare it for you. Right. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't, who doesn't like that? You know, um, I can tell you, I can tell you, I eat more McDonald's burgers than I do home cooked burgers, right? That's just a guarantee. Granted, I eat more hot dogs at home than I do going to buy them, but I know for a fact, 
somebody else to cook it for me is a heck of a lot nicer. So, um, you know, I, I think, I think the, my favorite part about this, right. Is uh, Rush Limbaugh says this guy's going to be a case study in Harvard, um, for why it doesn't work. And it blows up in his face. I mean, when, when you have the arrogance, you know, I, I'm going off on millions of tangents, but when you have the arrogance to say that this is specifically what works every time and you have the arrogance to think that you're the, the most right person and every situation is the same, right? He just holds this to a generic everything and he forgets that there's human humankind in this, right? There's mankind, right? So Rush Limbaugh, you know, he's going to come out and say, yeah, it failed. It failed because people had to take less money. Oh, these people didn't have to, right? They could have done whatever they wanted. They could have left the company full. They could have done everything. But these these people decided, hey, we're gonna we're gonna make this company succeed. And now, David, I know we talked. Now he's he, he's paid back every dime that all these people have had, right? Yeah, he was able to pay back the money that they basically just gave up. So you know, even looking at five percent of seventy thousand you're looking at thirty five hundred dollars now i don't give out a thirty five hundred dollar loan to anybody without expecting you know at least a four percent return back on it they gave out you know thirty five hundred dollars they didn't expect to get the money back and and he made up everybody's salary from what they gave up which is probably why still today he is not taking a salary because he's you know making sure everybody else is paid off and when we look at it so People got their stimulus checks, right? It was twelve hundred bucks a person. Yeah, which obviously not everybody qualified for. Sure. Congress said, you know what? We're going to give you twelve hundred bucks. Stay home. If you add up that twelve hundred dollars for the six months that this has been going on, that's seven dollars a day. Yeah. Mind you, the median Congress member is worth over a million dollars. Now, do you think we'd have some solutions if they made $7 a day? Yeah, you know, you know I, I, I think, you know, we've heard all the debates, right? Well, people, and I'm the one to say it, right? I'll be honest about that, right? If people did what I, if people did what I did, they would have the same thing I have, right? If you want what others have, you do what others do. Um, you know, and, and Yes, if you're the CEO of a company and you want $70,000 a year, you could pay it out, right? But um, I think there is a point in greed. Um, I don't say this very often as a business owner, as a, as a business thing. Um, if you're the CEO that started the company, so when I started at Gentex, there was a guy named Fred Bauer who started it, right? And people are like, oh, this guy made so much money. And I'm like, good for him. Like, I'm clapping. I'm like, hell yeah, like, good for this guy, right? Because he started, he took all the risk. He, you know, I know in the beginning, he did the same thing you guys did, right? Like, hey, we made $0 at this time. We invested our money, so you went negative right away to hope. And then, and then grew it, right? Every time you go to, right, you, you, you have to take that salary cut, right? It comes out of your pocket, technically, because that could have been profit. And yes, if growth happens quick enough, you make it back. But if growth doesn't, right, and that's less of that you're making. I mean, yes, back then it was, let's say, 20 grand. But if he's making 80 and now to 60, I mean, that's a huge difference, right? Like, okay, you know, if you're making a million and you go to 900,000, I mean, that's $100,000. 90% of the people, you know, don't make 100,000, 95%, honestly, don't make $100,000 a year. I mean, it's just, it's insane. So when you're looking at 10%, I mean, it's just crazy to think about. So um, I am I am a pro I'm a pro person that started a business makes the money. Anybody else after that, right, should just be treated as that employee, right? And unless they've done something astronomical to make this company so much money that it's crazy. But you know, everybody that starts it's the one that makes it the big thing. And then they find they're good enough to find people that are good enough to run it the way that they would or close to it. I'm, you know, so uh, th this guy, Dan, Dan impresses me. Um, he beats the odds of so many people. His people have insurance. Um, they're, they're well taken care of. You know, I, I think, 
uh, I think it's just it's something to to note that everything everything is a possibility. I mean, we we go back to the Hertz thing, right? I mean, right, Daddy, I'm going to bed. Good night, say my my little YouTube star. Um, you know. Oh, and it's raining a teensy bit. Say it's raining here in Michigan. It's uh, what I see like fifty something degrees. Congrats, congrats to Colorado for being the first snow. Good job, you. Um, I'm happy. <laughs> at least it's not me. At least it's not me. Um, you know, but I say this this guy has proven so many people wrong, and I think it's just because it's not because of the money, right? It's because of the people that are around him. You know, to give up 100% of your salary. So we talked about it, and I'm not I'm not trying to brag, right? But I was I was unemployed for four months before getting called back or whatever. And I lived off of zero dollars. I mean, granted, I had my, my, my business income, but Jen, you know, my, my business gave me that income to create it. This guy, this guy gave people enough income to invest in their financial well-being to be able to take zero dollars for a period of time. He, he allowed these people to be financially successful and it paid off for him. Well, you know, and, and we look at it. So, I'm going to use some terms here that people may not like. I'm going to use smart. I'm going to use, you know, ignorant. So when we're smart with our money, we know exactly what we need to live the life that we want to live. So I know for my household, being the fact that it's basically just Dawn and I, because, you know, Caitlin's 25, she's out on her own. If we make $100,000 a year, we can do anything we want to do. You know, if we want to take a vacation, we can take a vacation. If we want to remodel a room, we can remodel a room. And we don't have to touch anything. We, you know, we can go to a convention and, and spend whatever we want to spend at a convention. You know, we can basically do anything we want to do with 100000 Now, if you're smart, you know where your sweet spot is. Our sweet spot's $100,000. If you're ignorant and you don't know your finances, you don't know where that sweet spot is, the, the amount of money you're aiming for. So if I'm making 100000 not me personally, but my family, I know that a vacation is a possibility. I can still save for retirement. I can make some investments. I can, you know, do some small projects around the house. I can, you know, take days off and not really worry about, you know, closing down the business for those days because I, obviously since we're business owners now, any day we're not open is a day it's costing us money. It's yeah. not like we're sitting at zero that day. It's costing us money not to be open because anytime and, somebody walks through the door, that's money we're making. Well, let's say, you know, and, and people, you know, everybody's going to sit here and say, no, it's not costing you money. Okay. Yes. There's two types of cost of money. Okay. Number one, we'll talk about what David just said, right? Opportunity cost. So opportunity of people walking in the door. Okay. But now, right. There's other costs to everything. So, during that day, whether it's hot, whether it's cold. So on that day, he still pays everything. He pays that, let's say, let's say he, I don't care, $13 a day for rent. Yes, it looks like, you know, $1,000 or $700 in the end. But if you break it down, you can break anything down to as little as you want. So let's call it $2 a second. Let's call it $13 a day. Let's call it a dollar an hour. I don't care, you know. Granted, those numbers don't make sense, you know, 24, but still, so there's, there's rent, right? There's the utilities, which he's still paying for the internet. That's not being used. If you look around your house, there's something in your life that's not being used. I mean, um, right. The, the pictures behind David are not being used. They're, they're, they're holding a spot, the clock here, right. It costs me money. I'll never make money on it. Um, but so, so the internet that he's not using the, the cable or the, uh, the electric bill, still paying. Yes, it's going to be low, but they're still, what do they, they, you know, they charge an admin fee, they charge whatever. So, I mean, there's still cents there. There's, you know, gas or electric or, uh, you know, to, to heat or cool the place. There's still that bill. Uh, there's bills no matter what he does, right? So, you have opportunity cost, which is he's missing out on X amount of clients, which could be, he could do a 24-hour full day, right? I mean, I, we don't know that. Like, you know, 
who knows? I'm, I'm the I'm the crazy kind of person who's like, we're going for a world record, you know. But and then there's there's the the actual cost of guaranteed what he what he's losing, right? So um, for people that people that think, hey, he's not actually losing money, no, every day costs money when you're not generating an income. So that brings us to a great point. So Dawn has business coaches and stuff that she talks to, and she's talking to her main business coach one day and. She's like, yeah, my husband gets mad at me when I give away a bottle. But the bottles are free. They don't cost me money because I get them from, you know, 84th Street Pub. And her business coach goes, hmm, you pick that bottle up? Don goes, well, yeah, I have to drive over there and pick it up. She goes, oh, you wash the bottle? Well, yeah, I, I got to take it back to the business. I have to wash them out. She goes, oh. Then what do you do? Well, I take the bottle upstairs and, you know, I, I inventory everything. And she goes, oh. So how long does that take you? She goes, I don't know, a couple hours. She goes, oh, so your time is free. Time is free, yep. And Don goes, well, no, I mean, if I'm doing that, it's something else I'm not doing that I could be making money on. She goes, yeah, exactly. That's what your husband's angry about. You're giving away a bottle, but that bottle wasn't free. Yeah, they didn't charge you to throw the bottle in the trash can. But you had to go pick it up. You had to wash it. You had to inventory it. You had to carry it upstairs. You have to bring it back downstairs as part of the package. That all costs money. Yeah. It's not a free bottle. Um, who's the bar rescue guy? Is it is it John bar, Taffer? John Taffy, right? So he he's a fantastic guy, and he talks about um how to how to bring somebody into your restaurant and how to how to do it. And so I was just watching this. He was talking to Gary V. Um which shout out to big Gary V. I, I still appreciate you, man. You're, you're doing great stuff. Haven't heard negative about your business. Um, right. But so John's sitting there and he's talking, he goes, Hey, look, you know, you bring a customer in and you put a, you put a, a red napkin out that says that they're first time customers or something, you know, and you give them a free entree, right? Free. He goes, cost you seven bucks for that, for that steak or something like that but you have like a 50% chance that they're coming back the next time. And he goes, you know, that, that cost is there. He goes, the second time they come in, right. You, you see them, you give them, you give them a, a free chicken. Right. And he goes, you're down to four bucks, but man, you know, and the chances are they're going to order drinks. They're going to order other things. So you're bringing them back. And he goes, the third time, you know, and at the end of it, right, you hand, so at the end of the steak, you hand them the, come back for a free chicken. You got to try my chicken. It's the most amazing chicken, right? At the end of the, the second one, you send your manager over there and you go, hey, you got to come back in for my cheesecake, right? My cheesecake is where it's at. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, you know, and he's like, hey, you got you got to come in for my cheesecake, right? So, you know, you've offered free things to these people, my my cat is sorry. My cat is out here chasing a a, a rabbit, and I'm really uh, nervous about what's about to happen. Um, we can watch the Lion King straight right now. <laughs> so crikey! Um, but so right, and he's like, you know, once you get him in after three times, they're going to be a repeat customer. It's almost a guarantee. He's like, you know, there's a huge percent that they come back the fourth time. He goes, you know, getting them in the door is the hardest part. Now keeping them coming, right? After three, they become regulars and they will constantly come back, um, right? So if you're giving a bottle away, you have to make sure that you, you, you're you doing it for a reason, not just, hey, oh, I, I like you and blah, blah, blah. You have to, hey, here's a free bottle. And if you come back, you're handing them a 10% discount for the next one, right? I mean, hey, when you come back the second one, right? You're handing them something else, you know? It, and so it's to get that repeat customer. Um, I want to congratulate... Don and David, I really do. Um, I know we're talking about Dan Price, but uh, I seen on Facebook a couple days back, uh, they had their first ever full punch card uh, completed, right? So, right, it's, it's another one of those things that we talked about giving these people as a repeat customer. So uh, they have a punch card that says, hey, if you show up 10 times, you get one free session, right? Um, so they've, they've given a service to prove that, you know, people love to come back and uh, guys, that's a real huge congratulations really from me to you that, that, you know, you're doing something right in this business, getting repeat, right? So when you have repeat customers 
in an amusement business, you're doing something really well. Well, and you know, I, I thank you for that, Nick. And and shout out to Nelson, who was our <clears throat> the first person that's filled a, an entire card. Nelson did it in a crazy way. So when we reopened, you know, to build back, you know, a base, we decided, okay, for the first month, we're going to do double stamps. And then we decided, well, that, that was really good for June. Let's do double stamps for July as well. So Nelson came twice the week of July 4th, and he had been there before. And we literally opened on July 4th just for him and his group. And he came every week after that because he, wanted, he, he was stressed out and he wanted to fill that card. And he knew that every time he came in, it was making him feel better about things. You know, it, it was tough through COVID and, he, you know, his job didn't stop. So he was always stressed out. And this was a great time to come in and relax. It was either go get a tattoo or come to break room therapy. And, you know, we're a little bit cheaper than tattoos. So. And tattoos weren't open, right? I right. Mean. So he came in and, I mean, there, you know, because – we did develop that, you know, bond. I mean, you know, we're, we're Facebook friends and, you know, we message Nelson every once in a while. And, you know, we, we got to a point, we bought some car windshields and we wanted to see how they'd break. So I, I told Nelson, I said, we're going to use you as a guinea pig. He goes, what? And I said, we're just going to give you a free car windshield because we want you to break it. And we want to see how it breaks. That way we know, you know, what we want to price these at. And he's like, yeah, that's great. And if I get in something cool that I think he would really enjoy breaking, I set it aside for him. I'll send him a picture. I'll be like, hey, you want this? And he's like, yeah, I do. How much? And, you know, I'll shoot him a price and I'll go yes or no. And if that's something he wants, I don't even put it out for somebody else to buy. I just save it for him. And when he comes in, that's what he gets. Yeah. I'll say, you know, and that, gosh, we're going to do a whole another episode about business and and building it right we're talking about we're talking about great businesses dan is doing a great business um the idea that this that david is reaching out to customers specifically not not just a generic hey but he's keeping in contact with these people right like these are if you're watching right now this is called free business tips okay so ding 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 you officially have free business tips not give away your life but give away something small that you've literally gotten that doesn't cost you anything but okay yes you had to go get it and it cost you a little bit but that little bit has drawn in so much i mean right you you've reached you've reached people like me who are talking about it you've reached other people that are talking about it. so um you know i i think um i think with dan david did you have any other tweets that he has he has sent out um this man tweets a lot, and every, honestly, everything he tweets out, I, I absolutely retweet. And mind you, I'm not a huge Twitter guy, but when he sends something out, I, I, I find the need to retweet it out because I think it's something important. So, you know, he talked about college athletes not getting paid. And he talked about, you know, revenue. So big schools since 2006, athletic revenue is up 91%. Coach pays up 104%. Sports admin pays up 100%. Financial aid to players is up 47%. And these kids aren't getting paid. You know, and that, okay, you're a student athlete. I get it. If you're playing softball or running track and field or, you know, playing tennis, you probably are a student athlete. If you're playing football at Michigan or you're playing basketball at Kentucky, you're not a student athlete. You're a basketball player. You're a football player. You you okay. you are officially you are officially an athlete, right? You're an athlete. I mean, yes, right. So so uh, is it Michael Crabtree? No, it's uh it's uh, Richard Sherman, right? One of the two. One of the two has like a master's degree and has run symphonies. I mean, the guy is just absolutely smart. But still, right, he understands that the money's over on the athletic side. He has it for the backup in case he gets hurt. Or when he retires, he can go into it. Um, guys, forgive me for not knowing exactly which one of the two. I just know they have beef, and I absolutely loved it. Um, <laughs> so, um, right, but, you know, so many of these guys, you know, 
it's so bad that, you know, kids are athletes and things like it's so bad that college had to, or, you know, college and, and the pros had to put a stop and say, you have to go to school for at least one year. Right. Um, you know, because, because these guys are just moving on because why take that risk if you're not getting paid? Why, right. Why do this? If you're not getting, if you're not getting it. Yeah. Free college is great, but let's be honest. Right. Um, I don't even let's, I don't even care. I mean, I know the statistic is not this high, but let's just imagine you graduate college with a bachelor's degree and let's, I mean, I think the, I think most college graduates are making on average like 40 K a year or something. Um, but let's say it's 150,000. I don't care. Let's blow it out of the water and say it's $500,000 a year is average for a bachelor's degree. Okay. Now these guys for four years are risking everything that's going to make them bear I, a minimum kicker pays what $750,000 a year in the NFL. So I'm pretty sure, you know, I, I don't think college athletes should be making a bunch of money, but the fact is, is if you have a scholarship, if you have some way that these people are, are recruiting you, if you have a reason why you went to this specific thing, I think officially you should have money coming to your pocket. Do I think your tuition needs to be paid if you're getting money in your pocket? We could have that debate. I don't really care, but Right. So some way to pay and help you get through this thing. You don't need to be millionaires yet, but you need to be, you need to be compensated for being fantastic at what you do. Um, you know, uh, one of my favorite basketball players, uh, just because I've watched his whole bio is uh, Andre Iguodala. right. Comes from, comes from the East side. And he, he did, he, he's not, he's not the brightest person, but every day he just constantly went to the basketball courts and that's what he did. He devoted his whole life to know that where his passion was going to be and who he's going to be. Um, you know, I, I, I give him a huge shout out for like overcoming and, and, and actually reaching it, but right. It's, it's one, one, one hundredth of a percent of people are actually going to become pro at something. Um, we're going to do an episode I know on, uh, women's sports versus men's sports because, uh, David and I are, uh, different on that one. It's very fun for us on how, how different we are. Um, but back to Dan Price and, and what he's doing is right. So this guy, this guy, he went to school, he did all of his things. He made this big money, right? Just like an athlete, except for entrepreneur, because, and again, big shout out to Gary V for making entrepreneurship what it is, right? It's cool and it's hip right now. Everybody wants to be an entrepreneur, but you know, Dan Price is, has made the success level so high and he's given back. Love him or hate him, LeBron James. Same thing, right? Made it so high. This dude has funded an entire school. Much respect to LeBron James. I don't care if you compare this guy to Michael Jordan, if you compare this guy to Kobe Bryant, who's better. I don't care. The fact is, is this guy has impacted the world for the better. And that's what David and I care about. Impact the world for the greater good. And man, that's huge. You know what? If I say, we talked about Twitter, David, what's your Twitter account? Uh, at Sick Dogs. S-I-C-K-D-A-W-G-S. There you go. Let's say mine is uh, at Nick Watkins LLC. I never use it, probably once every six months. Uh, I'm followed by 15 people and follow three, right? Like I <laughs> say, but when I do use it, it's just inspirational quotes. It's, it's inspirational of life. It's, it's those things. Um, you know, I, I, I should use it more or hire somebody to do it, but <laughs> you know, I, I, Dan is, Dan has impacted. David, can you look that up real quick? Um, how many employees work for the company? I can look that up. And while I look that up, I'm, I'm going to read you one more tweet. I really want to yeah. get to so right the biggest the biggest thing the biggest thing is is the impact of lives i think that's why david and i want to do this episode right he impacted lives and we're going to tell you the exact amount here in a minute um, 120 employees how many 120 120 lives throughout two states are impacted um 
And hey, actually, let's say, you know, that's $8.4 million in salaries. Wow. Right. So, and even at that $8.4 million, I mean, this guy was taking one eighth, one eighth of the sal, uh, one eighth of the salaries, and now has just become the same sal, the same salaries as everybody else, right? I mean, um, you know, it, one eighth is what the top guy was making, one eighth of everybody. So, that's that's insane to me, um, and giving it back. So, you know, I, I think. I think the lot, you know, and, and not even mind you, right? So we talked, we talked in the beginning of the episode. Yes, I say he's impacted 120 lives. Now we're going to say that 2% of the people there are married to each other. So, but even at that, so 100, 116 lives, 115 lives or families, right? So now, now all the spouses are impacted by it. The kids are impacted. And we talked about how families have grown from this. I mean, this guy has impacted just generational things, right? It's what entrepreneurs dream of is to have generational wealth. I mean, me, I hope my daughter has, you know, the next thing. I, I hope to grow to, I don't care, not joking, a billion dollars, right? And I hope that my daughter takes a billion and turns it into a half a billion. And the next, you know, her kid turns it into a trillion and, and it just keeps going. Um, but this guy, this guy has literally impacted the world. I mean, in a small amount, a small percent, but man, impacted lives. And that's huge to us. So the, other, the tweet I want to leave you with is this. And, and really, it, it, it hits the millennials the most because, you know, they're the ones that get the kind of ire of everybody out there. So 52% of young adults now live with their parents, which is the highest rate ever which surpasses the Great Depression. They are the most educated and most in-debt generation in history, and they did everything they were told they needed to do. Let that sink in for a minute. So I know when my generation was growing up, I'm part of Generation X, you know, towards the end of our generation, they said, yeah, you might be the first generation that doesn't do better than your parents. And then they kind of backed off of that a little bit, and they hit next generation because he's, you know, probably the beginning of that millennial stage. And they said, yeah, your, your generation will not do as good as your parents. And for the most part, they won't, you know, they'll, they'll never do as good as their parents. And, and some of their parents, you know, predate Gen X because, you know, I, his mom's quite a bit older than I am. And my daughter's not that much younger than he is. You know, you're 33, 32. 32. So you're 32. Caitlin's 25, you know, so he's only got seven years on her. So, you know, when we look at this, you know, how old's your mom? Oh, 58. Okay, and I'm 43. So, she's got 15 years on me. So, you know, Caitlin's, you know, really close to Nick in age. So, they're, you know, they're probably both considered millennials. And, and Nick's doing great, and my daughter's doing great, but when you look at a lot of people your age, Nick, are they doing great, or are they just kind of getting by? Well, you know, I say, generations are quite different, you know, because, I mean, right, I'm in that middle of, like, you know, a lot of, a lot of them are still in that younger phase when they're learning, but my older millennial friends, um, I try to surround myself with, with the right people, but, like, I, I do know what you're saying. So most millennials, right, I, I do see that they are still at home, which I, I don't blame you because, you know, they get blamed. They get blamed that they're just out there partying. and But, right, I mean, the cost of, the cost of everything has gone up. I mean, why not stay home? Um, you know, I, I, I don't – but, yes, the, like financially, right, I mean, they, they have that choice. You can either go live on your own and pay a crap ton or you can stay at home and – live for free. And yeah, you know, but one of the big statistics I love to come back on people is as millennials, we are the highest investing uh, generation out there because right. I mean, we're, we have the money because we're staying at home because we don't want what we don't want what, you know, we seen in the recession or, you know, for 2008, we don't want to lose houses, right? We'd almost rather put down the 25%, 50%. We'd, 
if we put down the three and a half percent, there's a guarantee that so many of them have that cushion to make sure they can get rid of their house just in time. I mean, these people, you know, we're building cushions. We're, we're, we've talked about, right. I'm a six month reserve kind of guy. I mean, um, it's just, we've seen, we've seen the negatives and we don't want it. Um, yes. Do I, do I feel like, you know, like the, you said we're the most educated generation. I agree. Granted, I don't have a college degree, but I have some college because I was, in my opinion, I was dumb and wasted money on schooling because that's what I was told normal people did. I wanted to be normal. I wanted to fit in. I wanted to just, right. I seen, I seen this person was going to school. So the next person needs to go to school. And if you want to have insurance and you do this, like you just want to float by. And then I, you know, and then I found real estate and I, I wised up, but still like we, we are, we're the highest educated people still living at home. I mean, we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about housing prices. We're going to talk about things on other episodes. Um, but man, it's, it's so sad to see, you know, um, we, we, I think, I think me personally, right. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna lie to you guys, right. It makes me proud. It makes me proud that, all right. I don't know right now, personally, if I, if I make more than my family combined, but when I had, when I had my W2, I made, I made more than my mother, my parents are divorced. I made more than my father, and my mother combined with, with my W2 and my business. So I was doing better off and my brother and sister and all that. But so I was doing better than my whole family combined. Um, you know, now I have to do the math. I don't really care about it because honestly, comparing myself to others doesn't do any, anything for me. I want to compare myself to, to my mentor, right? <laughs> Say, I, you know, I want, I want to compare myself to that type of thing. I want to hold myself to a high standard. Um, I really think uh, that, that hits home, man. Like this guy said it perfect. Damn right. Like I'm going to have to follow him on, on Twitter. I, you know, I appreciate that for telling me, um, you know, he, we are the, we are the highest debt. Um, guys, we're going to talk about that. I say, we keep saying we're going to talk about things in an episode. Um, the highest debt, uh, for any generation. Um, you know, and, and I think it's, I think it's for personal reason. <laughs> we're going to talk about it cause we can talk about it for, for hours. We're, we're running a little long here, but I, I really think, I, I think you hit it right on the head with that one, man. I really do. So, uh, I think we've hit pretty much what we want to hit. I'm going to give a shout out again to Dan Price for having the payments. Uh, I think what you're doing is phenomenal. I'm sure you'll never see this, but what you're doing is phenomenal. Shout out to Miller Coors. You know, Reds, please sponsor us. Nick? Anheuser-Busch, please sponsor us. Dan Price, uh, if anybody that's watching this uh, retweets it, reshares it, if you have any way to let this guy know, we don't want anything from this guy. We don't expect anything from this guy. You know what? An attaboy would be pretty awesome. But the only way to get this guy to see this video, like, subscribe, share, make it happen, guys. Um, we really appreciate you watching. We really enjoyed this episode. Um, one, because we really love to tell other people that think that people are going to fail and they become successful. God, we love to tell you just to shove it. Yep. Uh, we, we are those people. You will fail. No, shove it, right? Like, And so this is a success story. Really happy about it. So, guys, thanks for tuning in. I, I look forward to next week. We'll talk to you soon. All right, we'll see you guys next week.